Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We're lawyers, mothers, and co-hosts of the bipartisan podcast, Pantsuit Politics. We have more in common than divides us. In a world that defaults to false dichotomies, we explore the messiness of living wisely. The choices, trade-offs, priorities, and grace of living a nuanced life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Nuanced Life. We are so happy to be here with you in these difficult times. We're enjoying connecting with each other and connecting with all of you and thinking through the nuances of life. Today, we're going to follow up on our conversation about graduating from college earlier. We're going to offer some of our advice from about working from home, and we're going to commemorate a listener's journey into the job search realm. So before we get started, please keep sending us questions advice questions, commemorations. We love hearing from all of you. And we wanted to let everyone know, if you are a patron of Pantsuit Politics, we have opened up the Nightly Nuance, which we are doing as sort of a check-in with each other to every level of support. And we're hoping soon to condense the Nuance Life and Pantsuit Politics Patreons together so everybody can enjoy that content. So stay tuned. So we've heard from our beloved longtime listener, Bryn, about our discussion in response to the person who was wondering, should she graduate early or stay in school? He said that he had a different reaction than on our take. I think it really depends on the kind of person you are. I went to college with the intention of getting a four-year degree, but after the first year realized college wasn't really my jam and was lucky enough to get an internship that at the end of the summer turned into a job offer for a full-time job. I took it and dropped down to school part-time and finished out with just an associate's degree over the course of two more years. I loved getting a paycheck and being self-sufficient. That's always been something I've worked towards, even in high school, when I was cutting grass as my source of income. Sure, it has downsides of not having summers and holiday breaks off, but really, I didn't mind it because I enjoyed what I was doing. It gave me a great launching point to move into a better job after a couple of years when we decided to move to North Carolina, and I wouldn't do it any differently. Well, I always love hearing from Brent. We call him our North Star here at Pantsuit Politics. And he's right, and we're going to share another message in a minute, that people were like, hey, this worked out really well for me. I think that the, the struggle is someone with sort of the presence of mind and sort of clear vision of their of like where they want to go in their future is just rare at that age. I mean, Brent is a rare bird. I'm comfortable saying that. He is like so level-headed. I mean, you you would think I live with him. I don't. I've never even met him in person, but <laughs> I feel like I know him really well at this point. I think this is a good illustration of how we just need to find lots more flexibility in our concept of higher education. Um, because some people are going to know, here's what I want to do, or here's what I want to do right now. Here's what I want to do first. And with college being so prohibitively expensive for so many people, you do feel the pressure of like, I need to make these four years count. 
or I need mm-hmm. to make these five years count because I'm going to incur all this debt. So I just I, I agree. I think a lot of it is personality type. I also think people deserve more options than they have today and really good, credible options, options where you can have some of the life experience that college gives you in addition to the classes, but also more paths to explore and opportunities to change your mind um, or to build on what you started or to try working in it for a while to make sure that's what you really wanted. I mean, God knows that if I had in law school had more experience, like maybe after the first semester, like looking at the difference between what being a law student and being a lawyer (laughs) really looked like, Mm -hmm. I might have done things a little bit differently. But honestly, after you're more than a semester in, you've committed so much money and so much time. It's really hard to make that kind of call. So I love this message. Yeah. And I think Rebecca, whose message we're going to share next, gets to some of that, too, which is it's not just the expense, but they feel like getting out sooner offers up another phase of life that maybe they were just looking forward to more. You know, like I think that it if you're clear on what parts of college you love and what parts of college you don't and like what part of the next phase you're really ready to explore, then that can change the calculus. So Rebecca wrote us and she said, I got very emotional and defensive when she was listening to our episode about graduating from college early. She said, I graduated with my bachelor's in three years. I went straight to graduate school program and graduated with my master's in two years. During my undergraduate studies, I played volleyball for the university and worked three jobs. In graduate school, I was a graduate assistant and worked two jobs for the university. I started my first full-time job in 2019, a few months after I graduated from graduate school. In these few months, I did some traveling for academic conferences, but I only did that after I secured a job. Now that I'm out of college, making money, and in this phase of my life, I feel like I can finally do things like travel and have more fun. I hear people all the time tell me that I need to act like an adult, but I am an adult. I did what I had to. I have that paper that says I am qualified now and no one can take that away from me. Now I get to be me and have fun. And this isn't reserved for college students, in my opinion. I also love being an adult and I love my job. I love the responsibility, building a life and the freedom. This almost year has been such a relief for me. I am working full time as an assistant coach for an athletic team. I'm up to my ears in university debt and I'm planning a wedding. With all of that, I'm still so relieved to be done with school for now. I'm aware that I'm a new at adulthood and struggles will be present, but I always wanted to be here. And now that I am, I want to enjoy it. I understand that my path and views are different than others, and after hearing you talk about college on the podcast, I feel like I miss something. I had fun at times, but I don't miss it at all. I also wouldn't advise someone to stay longer based solely on my experience. That was one of the most stressful and hard times of my life. Maybe I was impacted by and reacted to societal influences differently. I felt that I always pushed to do more and that push didn't come from my parents. I mean, when I was in sixth grade, I cried inconsolably to my mom that I would not get into college because I got to be on my science test. I genuinely thought no one would want me. My mom was so confused, and she still tells that story to this day. At age 13, I created a calendar that documented exactly when I needed to start on college applications, graduate school applications. I spent my high school nights studying past the point of retention. I had more fun in college. However, I still spent most of my time working at the gym and studying. Part of it was that I needed to do certain things to afford college, but also I just felt that I needed to always be working towards something. From the time we were very young, we get asked what we want to be when we grow up. Then we get asked what school we're going to and what we're going to major in and how we're going to make a career in the major, how we're going to make money, who is going to hire us, what are we going to do after we graduate, are we going to make more money? And the questions go on and on. And then on top of that, we get looked down upon if we do something that is different. 
This is a very long-winded and turbulent way to say that this conversation on nuanced life really allowed me to reflect on my life and has helped me realize that life after high school is so personal. Your experiences, Beth's experiences, my experience, and other listeners' experiences are all so different. We make decisions for so many different reasons, and honestly, society just needs to back the heck off. We need to live our own truth, and we shouldn't have to defend it. So I think Rebecca makes a really good point that it, it it's just like Brent. It's different for everybody. It depends on what's important in your life at a particular moment. A lot of it is personality. I related to a lot of what Rebecca said about really working so hard in college that I enjoy my life more now. That is certainly true for me. So I get it. And I think she's right that the truth is we just need to honor each other's choices, even when we think people are making the wrong choices, because we don't know. It's a little bit like marriage. I just decided a long time ago, I do not need to understand why people marry each other. I do not need to look at a couple Mm -hmm. and think that's a good match, uh, because I have no idea. And they might be a good match for only a while. And that's okay too. We just have to let it be. People have to figure their own lives out, and there's not going to be just one way to live a really great life. Well, that is hard since people are asking our advice. I mean, we weren't just honoring a commemoration. (laughs) She actually asked us what we thought she should do. Yeah. And so we told her, with all the things that we know about life, what our best guesses are. But I think that's a great illustration. Like, you can crowdsource your advice here because if you ask 100 people, you'd probably get at least 90 different answers to that question. Yeah, I do feel like I stand by that, I think, for the majority of people hang out the four years but it's not like we said either that if you do decide to graduate early, like it's those people are the worst people in your life. <laughs> Just for the record. We will be right back after this short message from our sponsor. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There has never been a better or more important time to show compassion. In his first book for children, The Seed of Compassion, Nobel Peace Prize laureate His Holiness the Dalai Lama addresses children directly with simple, powerful text and vibrant illustrations by debut talent Bao Lu. The Seed of Compassion offers guidance and encouragement on how we all might bring more kindness to our world and shows how like a seed with time and care, it might grow into something bigger than we could have ever imagined. In the Seed of Compassion, His Holiness the Dalai Lama inspires young readers to create a world that embraces all of humanity with an open heart through stories from his youth in Taxter to lessons he learned in training as a Buddhist monk, giving readers a glimpse into his journey from a sometimes naughty child to an internationally recognized spiritual leader. His Holiness encourages children and families to nurture the seed of compassion that lives within them. We cannot change the past, but the future we can change, His Holiness explains in the book. And children already have the tools needed to build a happier world, a better world, a compassionate world. Illustrator Bao Lu was born in Vietnam and currently lives in the United States. As an artist, he focuses on color and texture in his unique illustrations. We love this book in my house. Celebrate the inspiring message behind The Seed of Compassion and share how you're changing the world through kindness using hashtag The Seed of Compassion. Order your copy of The Seed of Compassion today.
All right, next up, we have Megan, who reached out to us because, as many of us are facing the new socially distanced slash quarantine existence in the United States, lots of us are working from home. And she said, I know y'all talked about this, but I'm hoping you can offer some more specific advice because I'm struggling with balancing all my various obligations. I do policy work for a nonprofit and am able to work remotely. I'm hourly, not salaried. So I struggle with the idea of taking long breaks while I'm working to walk the dog, do yoga or do other things needed to take care of myself and my home. On top of that, I also do consulting for candidates on the side. So far this week, I've been trying to get in eight hours of roughly uninterrupted nonprofit work. I have no problem with small breaks to do chores, walk the dog and cook or clean some and then try to do my consulting work for at least a few hours. It's not going great. I feel overwhelmed and tired, but also not tired because I'm definitely not getting enough exercise. I know it's not helpful to compare myself to people on the internet, but I see so much online about resting or watching Netflix that I feel like I'm doing quarantine wrong. Any advice on how to arrange my days to bring a greater feeling of order and even distribution? Megan, here's why you feel like you're doing it wrong, because you're trying to do a lot. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. A lot of us are trying to do a lot. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I do think eight uninterrupted hours of work from home is crazy making. Zero people in an office complete eight uninterrupted hours of work a day. And so the first thing, and this is really hard when you're hourly, not salaried. But the first thing is to recognize if you do eight hours of work from home in a day, you're probably doing the equivalent of 20 hours of work mm-hmm. in an office. So just give yourself a little space on that and know that you are putting in great focused work at home and and being even more productive in your time that you are uninterrupted than you would be if you weren't at home. Well, and here's the other thing that I think we have to all remember while we're trying to do this. We are in the middle of a crisis and the stress of that beyond the stress of working from home or becoming a new homeschooler or whatever, it's real and it's going to take its toll. It means we're going to rest, need to rest more. We're going to need to process more. We're going to need to do more stress relief activities. One of the hardest lessons I have learned in the last few years is, yeah, I have a pretty good stress management technique, but if I dial up the stress, I have to dial up the stress management. And it feels like such an impossible task. How am I supposed to find time to do this when I feel so overwhelmed what I have to do already? But if I don't, my body just like goes on strike. So it really, you know, if I want to maintain any productivity or any clarity of mind, I have to face the fact that right now we are all grieving. We are all filled with anxiety. We are all filled with fear. And that takes an emotional physical, spiritual, and most certainly a toll on our productivity. So for me, the best rhythm that I can find in working from home happens when I'm very clear about what I want to accomplish in one sitting. So if I sit down in the morning and I have from 9 to 1030, which I have not had since quarantine started (laughs) because of school, but um, if I sit down from like 9 to 1030, I'll say, what two things do I want to accomplish while I'm sitting here? And then maybe that means I go to 11. Maybe it means I end at 10 because I got them done. But I think of it more in terms of task instead of time. Again, really difficult when you're an hourly worker. I just want to 
I'm going to just resist the temptation to go off on how much I hate hourly work um, Mm -hmm. for so many reasons. I think it is such a strangle on the American economy that we ask people to actually sell their time. Okay. Yeah. Not going to go down that path anymore. But I think it is really important to think about the tasks that you want to get done and then the break that you're going to take. And what can work the next time? And that might mean that you alternate between your nonprofit work and some of your consulting work, because I also think that working from home is a good and really unique opportunity to pay attention to what sort of energy you have at a particular moment and follow that energy instead of having other people dictate how you're going to expend that energy. So I know sometimes I really feel in the zone to do some research for our podcasts. And at other times, I feel a burst of energy around my coaching work. And being able to follow that, again, by saying, I'm going to sit here for for some period of time in this block. Here's what I'm going to focus on. And I am most productive when I am really tuned into what work do I really have the capacity for right now? Yeah, I think following your sort of energy and focus, depending on the task, is really helpful. And I think you know, as far as then trying to do eight hours and then sitting down and doing another couple hours at night, of course you feel overwhelmed and tired. That is a lot to ask of yourself. And I think everyone right now, you know, I I, I think that what people are doing is trying to produce encouraging content. If you're looking for time, if you have all this time on your hands, and I understand that impulse, and I'm sure there is an audience out there for that. But again, because of the toll the stress is taking, because of the either increased work because of your job or increased work because maybe you've lost your job and you're having to deal with that, the idea that we this is this quarantine is filled with free time, I just don't think is accurate for most Americans between the stress. Not to mention if you are actually, oh, I don't know, sick or taking care of someone sick. So I, I mean, I think that I get the impulse for that content. But I just think it's unrealistic. So just try to tune that out as best you can. I don't think anybody's out there writing the next great American novel or even watching as much Netflix as we probably think they are. Here's another thing. Sometimes when we are working from home, especially if it's not a normal occurrence for us, we feel like we have to prove to everybody that we're actually working. So it's like, I've got to respond to this email within an hour of receiving it. If somebody instant messages me, I've got to get right on it. If my phone rings, I must answer it. That is a recipe to waste time, not actually get things done. And so I think it's important to just trust yourself that you are working. And if you are a manager or supervisor of other people, to to really focus on conveying a sense of trust to them, too. Hey, I don't expect you to respond immediately. In fact, I expect you to close your email and work, you know, on the things that really matter and then open up your email and batch that and then close it again and get something else done. I expect you to sometimes be on another call and not be able to take mine. I expect you to silence your phone sometimes so you can think. I just think we've got to really respect each other's ways during this time period. I I tweeted about this on my personal account this week because I was getting so many questions about working from home. And one of the things that I said specifically to supervisors is people cannot be tethered to their devices during this period. They can be super great workers and not be tethered to their devices. They are making lunch. They are using the bathroom. They are answering a small child's question. They are working on something that requires intense focus. Like 
just give everybody room to do what they need to do. Well, and I'll also say what helps me a lot is not thinking about the week, like not trying to organize every day and repeat that organization, but to really orient myself around the week. And so instead of thinking I need to do six self-care things every single day or I need to do every single work project every single day, splitting it up and saying, okay, Mondays I'm going to focus on this. Mondays will be the day that we play family games. Tuesday will be the day that we or that I do a little extra long yoga practice or whatever it is. I think that that helps me a lot more when I feel like it's just so easy when you're trying to do something every single day to fall off the um, sort of to break the chain and then become discouraged that if I can sort of think about it as a weekly orientation, it helps me a lot as I'm working from home. And I think prioritizing your sleep, Megan, is thing number one. I know that I have not been sleeping well since all this has been going on, which is really unusual for me. I'm very committed to good sleep. I go to bed at about the same time every day. I do kind of the same things before I go to bed. I sleep nine hours-ish every night um, because sleep is really important for me and how I feel in my body. During this quarantine situation, I can fall asleep because I'm exhausted when I lay down, Mm -hmm. but I can't stay asleep. And it's really weird. And so a lot of my day right now, even in terms of how I work, is geared toward I've got to get better sleep. And that does require moving my body. So I would not hesitate to see. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Even if it's like I'm going to get on my personal treadmill and read some email, you know, find a way to combine those things as you're trying to get those hours in. But I would make work moving your body so that you can get the right kind of sleep and be a good, healthy, tired instead of a miserable, like staring at my screen, zombie tired. Mm -hmm. One of the first priorities. I know it's hard. I know it's hard when we're all stressed and we're all overwhelmed to think. How am I supposed to prioritize anything? And so sometimes the best advice is just the next day or that afternoon. Can you do one thing this afternoon? Can you do one work thing and one thing, one stress relief thing? If the afternoon is too hard, try the next hour. If the next hour is too hard, try the next 15 minutes. But, you know, if it just you shrink and you shrink and you shrink until it seems manageable. And I would just remember, too, that this is a learning process. You don't have to be perfect at it day one. You don't even have to get your eight hours in day one, in my view. I would just try to take it, like Sarah said, one day at a time and get your feet under you. This will feel like having a new job for a while because it basically is. You know, every all the circumstances of what we've done have changed. And so um, give yourself that grace of, hey, this is only day four. Uh, I wouldn't expect a day four employee at my work to be firing on all cylinders. I can't expect that of myself either. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back. Are you looking for a way to stay connected with loved ones during this time of social distancing? It's so hard when we can't see each other's faces 
But every time I walk by my skylight frame and I see mainly memories from a happier pre-social distancing time, it brings a smile to my face. In these difficult times, staying in touch with those we love seems more important than ever. And the easiest way to do it is with a skylight, a photo frame you can email photos to anytime from anywhere. A great way to feel close to those you love, even when you're separated. Multiple people can send photos to the frame, so it's a great way to keep large networks of friends and families in touch. It sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds. Just plug in, use the touch screen to connect to your wireless network, and enjoy. Sending photos to Skylight is effortless. Everyone in your family can just email photos to Mom's Skylight, and they'll pop up in her home in seconds. It has a black frame, so it looks like a real photo frame that adds a beautiful touch to your home. Skylight Frame has a gorgeous 10-inch touchscreen. You can swipe through photos with your finger and even tap to thank the person who sent a photo. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love your Skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. You can tap the heart button and it will let the sender know you love the photo. This makes the frame interactive and fun to use. Now, as a special offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter code LIFE. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter code LIFE. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com, promo code LIFE. from Jamie today. She has just turned 22 years old on the 22nd last month and is graduating with a history degree. Still has some classes to pass and papers to write. What she really wants to commemorate is the start of searching for postgraduate jobs, the start of preparing for my next chapter, as she says. I've sent in some early applications today, and I feel so empowered and excited about it. I understand that applying for jobs as a graduate can be tough and full of rejection, but I feel like it's worth it to celebrate the simple act of trying and going for it. The postgrad job search is a part of graduation that is hardly ever talked about in a positive light. It is often the reason us college students stay up at night, take on way too many tasks, and worry about our futures because we want so badly to be prepared and fit into the professional world. Applying for a career is full of uncertainty, and it is certainly miles away from many of our comfort zones. That's why I feel like beginning this part of my journey Having the initiative to try is something I feel so proud and celebrating. Although I may be starting this early, I want to be well-versed in the art of trying so that when I walk across the stage, I feel ready and able to continue what I've started in my academic career. I want to turn giving it the old college try into giving it the new graduate try as I step into the adult world, confident that I will keep continuing to do good things as well as mess up and fail sometimes, and that I will be okay with all of it. Oh, the art of trying is so beautiful to me, especially in this no, perfect. wild time that we're in. And I can imagine that between Jamie sending this message and today, a lot is changing. And I just think it is a beautiful concept to say, I just want to practice putting myself out there because that's so much of what a job search is. Well, I think the art of trying and stepping out into a new world is something we can all really identify with, whether we're new graduates or very, very far from being a new graduate, as I am. I think it's really beautiful. And I think her bravery, you know, it's so easy to default into anxiety and fear when you're starting something new. 
And for her to face it sort of like full on Friday Night Lights, <laughs> clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. It's just it's really inspiring. It is really inspiring. And I hope that there is no discouragement for her as as things are changing, because as much as this crisis is miserable, is impacting our economy, is impacting how we all feel about life. I also really believe in our ability to innovate as human beings. And I hope that on the other side of this, there will be all kinds of opportunities, wonderful opportunities that we can't even imagine sitting here today because we've learned so much by living through this weird time. And so I just really want to be encouraging to Jamie, who is a history major and has that larger context to draw on all the time, right, to see how on the other side of things, human beings do pretty amazing stuff. So stay in that mindset, Jamie. You have the perfect perspective right now. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Nuanced Life. We are so happy to be here with you every week, but your company and the connections over social media are particularly precious at a time like this. Keep sending us your commemorations and your advice questions, and we will be back in your ears on Friday over at Pantsuit Politics. And until then, keep it nuanced, y'all. Dylan Garvin produces The Nuance Life. Elise Knapp is our managing director. The Nuance Life is listener supported. Go to patreon.com slash the nuance life. For $5 each month, you'll receive an entire bonus episode of The Nuance Life. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. Dylan Garvin is the composer and performer of our ad music. For more information about The Nuance Life and to connect with us through our weekly email, visit pantsuitpoliticsshow.com.